Hello, welcome to the FilmPulse.net podcast. This is episode number 87. My name is Adam. With me today we have Kevin. How are you, Kevin? I'm okay. And we also have Ernie joining us. Ernie, how are you? I'm doing better than Kevin. (laughs) 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 All right, well today we have a great show lined up. We'll be talking about Alfonso Cuaron's Gravity in our feature review. But first, we'll be going over some of what we've been watching, and then later we'll be going over this week's movie predictions, new on video on demand, and DVD and Blu-ray releases. First up, let's talk about some of what we've been watching. Kevin, since you were gone last week, let's start with you. I'll jump right into it. The first film I saw was Neighboring Sounds, which is a Brazilian film from 2012. Unfortunately, I thought it was from 2013. It's not from 2012 so this is from and i've never pronounced a brazilian name in my life outside of deco and ramirez so here we go kleber mendeja felho philho sure someone something along those lines something like that uh this is an interesting film uh mostly because it's a brazilian film that doesn't deal with a favela which was nice to see. It actually deals with a middle-class neighborhood, but at the same time, uh, a lot of class issues are sort of sort of bubble up from the surface, and there's a lot of paranoia and just a lot of tension, really. This is a solid film. I was quite surprised being a debut uh, narrative film. Uh, a lot of great... Dolly work on like the side streets of the Brazilian neighborhood that they all live in and just you know it's one of those type of deals where it's probably three or four characters and it just jumps from one story to the other and there's a lot going on and it just it plays out beautifully now it does drag here and there occasionally I mean it is over two two hours long I think it's like two hours 15 minutes so it could definitely have some footage be cut out of it make it a lot better but outside of that it's fairly solid debut i have to say and the the only thing is going into it everything that i heard was the sound design the sound design is amazing it adds to the tension adds to the paranoia this and that and i was extremely underwhelmed by the sound design i thought it was meh at best Hmm. but there is a number of very creepy sequences that just pop up out of nowhere, really, which played into it really well because they really caught you off guard. I mean, there's really no horror aspects or violent aspects to the film at all, and then every once in a blue moon, something would just pop up to catch you off guard, and it's sort of like a jump scare, Hmm. where a jump scare actually worked for the first time ever Hmm. outside of someone ringing my doorbell. (laughs) Continuity. <laughs> God. The second film I watched was Jia Janku film, which is a, it's a film called 24 City, which this is a documentary, and I say that with air quotes because it's what essentially what he does is he does a reenactment of a documentary. So the majority of the film is just, you know, straightforward talking head documentary, but where the real life people are discussing their lives working in a factory that's being shut down and de- demolished to make way for a, 
apartment complex. He has actors stand in for them, but they play it like the real people. It's very interesting. Sort of think Bernie, Mm -hmm. but immensely better. I was thinking active killing almost, but not that intense, I would imagine. Yeah, not that intense. Not at all. I mean, these people aren't killing anyone. I mean, they're making airplanes that probably killed people, but they themselves didn't kill anyone. Maybe they did. I don't know. They really don't get into that. Some secrets might be kept hidden. (laughs) But this is like one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. Mm. Just the way, just the way that they show the people, just everyday people, hardworking people, blue collar type people, just the way that they show and let them tell their stories, even though that it's told through actors, everything is captured within the actors recounting their stories and just the way everything is handled. It's, it's very humane the way that they do it, which is an odd word to use, but very tender at the same time. I just, I, I wish more documentaries existed like this. And this is the same director that did Still Life, right? Yes. And the, he, the reason I watched this is because he has a new film coming out called A Touch of Sin, which looks absolutely amazing. And I am officially now going to see every single film he's ever made through cool. the strength of Still Life and 24 City. Cool. Doing it. Uh, the next film that I watched is, I was hoping to watch this in, for my uh, viewing Gravity, but unfortunately I got to see it after I watched Gravity, which is a good thing. Spoiler alert. I saw Children of Men. Oh, I was... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I have never seen an Alfonso Cuaron film, I don't think. Really? Quick check. Did you see Itumama Tambien? No, didn't see it. Not even Prisoner of Azkaban? Never seen a Harry Potter. (laughs) Well, I haven't seen any of those. (laughs) I did see, uh, I guess I saw a segment in the Paris film. That counts. I don't even know what the hell. I don't don't even know which one he did in that one. Yeah, I don't know which one he did. So I saw Children of Men, and wow, this was pretty fucking good. I have to say, this was quite good. Uh, The cinematography, first and foremost, is what captured me. I mean, the single takes, well, I say that again with air quotes because they blended everything together. Mm -hmm. But just the camera work in the ambush sequence was amazing. Yep. And the ending, holy shit, the ending. My God, right there. I mean, you have to watch this film just for the end. You have mm-hmm. to. Yeah. And you're telling me that's a, that's a CGI baby? I didn't know that was a CGI baby. I don't think I knew that. That's that's pretty fucking good work right there. Well, I love oh. I love Children of Men. I mean, it's yeah, it's inching its way up to a ten out of ten for me. I still think it's my favorite Quaron movie out of all. Of I I'm still. Oh yeah. Well, me too. Me too. I'm still I'm still on the outskirts there. I'm thinking like four, four and a half. Well, I'm I'm sorry, eight, nine. I get messed up with the letterbox thing. I'm not I'm up to sure a I ten. Give a, yeah, you gotta give sure it I time. It a ten out of ten. Yeah, I think I gave it a ten out of ten on initial viewing because that ending just blew me away. So. Yeah, that ending is oh my god. The way that they do that is just unbelievable. It's it's a movie that gets better with time too. Like. If you go back like a year from now or something and watch it again, you're just like, wow. Plus the very last scene where they're on the fog. Mm-hmm. Just 
if oh my god on the water yeah lord have mercy yep it's a brilliant brilliant movie yeah definitely check that out and i do love and this is this is spoiler so just spoiler i'll say it again spoiler i love the fact that they're walking out with the baby and everyone's like oh shit a baby this is unbelievable. And then they just go right back to killing each other. Yeah. It's, it's so fucking realistic. I love it. Yeah. yeah absolutely, absolutely loved it. Because, I mean, yeah. I mean, they're only cute for so long. They can only keep you from killing each other for so long. It's fantastic. I love that. <clears throat> I wish I had more to say, but, I, I mean, the story I thought was pretty good, but the cinematography is the real draw here, for me, at least. The story's interesting enough, but the cinematography is just outstanding. It's amazing. The performances are serviceable. And then I saw uh, Ain't Them Body Saints, and I don't know if they are, but <laughs> it was a solid film for me. Again, the cinema cinematography was pretty good, and me, me and Adam were talking about this off-air. They're definitely trying to be Malick, which is... And I love Bradford Young, and I think his work uh, works a lot better with Andrew DeSunmu and his films with the vibrant colors and everything. And in this context, it just comes off as extremely a Malick ripoff, really. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. it's just tan and amber everywhere, wheat fields, Andrew Wyeth paintings constantly. It's it's a bit much. It's still solid cinematography. But stop being Malik, really. <laughs> just just stop. Get over it. Let's try something else. Let's innovate something it's outside of voiceovers. And it was probably more Malik than Malik was in To the Wonders. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, and, and I didn't know this, but Adam's telling me that the, the what did you say, the opening is? The opening of Anthem Body Saints is very similar to Badlands. Yeah. Have you, have you seen Badlands, Ernie? Yeah, yeah. I have. Wouldn't wouldn't you say that just plot wise, it's very similar with the voiceover and just the whole Bonnie and Clyde aspect? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, very much. And all we needed was the prairie fields and mm-hmm. and a lone solitary house standing on a hill, and then we'd be set. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, we pretty much had that, and I, all the performances are great. But also, Casey Affleck, you've done it three times now. Just say no the next time someone comes to you being the quiet fucking southerner. That goddamn role that you keep playing. You did it in <laughs> The Killer Inside Me. You did it in The Assassination of Jesse James. Now you did it in Ain't Them Body Saints. You can do it. I believe you. Yeah. You can do it. I've seen it three well, times. I, I, I think he's doing it and out of the furnace. So I think he's breaking breaking from that. <laughs> so now now he's just shouting and fighting. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking stop, Casey Affleck. Just give up. <laughs> Knock it off. Uh, ben Foster does a great job. Skinny Pete does a great job. Uh, Keith Carradine. He does a pretty solid job. Rooney Mara does a solid job. Everyone does a solid job. It's a pretty compelling story, I would guess. Um, I was enthralled the entire time, I would say. But at the same time, I was it's slightly disappointed. I thought it was going to be amazing. Yeah, I thought it was going to blow my mind, but I, I actually, I actually wasn't that enthralled by the story at all. 
No, it 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 came off like I saw it before. I've seen this before. Yeah. I mean, I've like I said, I've seen Casey Affleck play this character how many fucking times? Is this a sequel to the Assassin? Is this Robert Ford's story? Like afterwards? It's just maybe. maybe. <laughs> and then the only other thing I saw was Gravity, which I can't fucking wait to talk about. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I, I had a pretty decent week. I started off with Claudia with a chance of meatballs too. I actually saw this last Sunday, but it was after we were recording. So I didn't get a chance to talk about it. Uh, big disappointment with this movie. I, I actually hated it. I fell asleep at the end. Um, uh, <laughs> it was only for like a minute. I, I think I dozed off for like a minute at the climax, but I cared so little about what was going on <laughs> that I was just like, you know what? I don't even need to bother. It was extremely disappointing. Like so were the uh, best parts in the trailer. <laughs> well, but see, I didn't even like the trailer. The only reason oh. I saw it is because I really liked the first one. Like I was a big fan of the first one. I thought it was hilarious. But yeah, you know, with this one, it's different writers, different directors. All the voice cast is the same, but the jokes are just completely different. I mean, it's all just puns. It's all food puns and. <laughs> none of it works it's just not funny at all like the story is not very interesting the animation looks the pretty much the exact same like there's no real improvements in the animation and i guess i mean i didn't expect giant leaps because i think the last one came out in like 2009 or something but yeah. it was still just very just typical and also and this isn't the movie's fault at all but there was some kind of weird issue going on in the, the theater that I was seeing it in where I could only go see it in 3D just because of the what time it was and everything. So I had to go see it in 3D. And there was some kind of weird thing going on with the 3D where it was like shuddering almost the entire movie. <laughs> so did you have a seizure? Did you I, have felt, a seizure? I felt like I was going to. Maybe that's what put me to sleep. I don't know. But. <laughs> you, just, you didn't go to sleep. Your brain, your brain shut down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my eyes were being forced closed <laughs> because it was uh, my body's reaction to the shutter. But uh, so, yeah, I can't recommend that. Uh, in fact, I'm, I was very surprised that it got as high of a score as it did on Rotten Tomatoes. It has like a 59%. And wow. to me, that's way too high i gave it a two out of five on letterbox and i think that that was generous just because there were like maybe one or two laughs in there i do remember you asking me to see this no <laughs> if, if were, i could if i could and it was just an automatic no it's not gonna happen no it was uh Sorry. there was a i gave you a choice between two movies and i knew that you weren't gonna see this but uh, either way skip that uh then I saw Crystal Lake Memories, The Complete History of Friday the 13th. Finally yeah, got to finally see, saw it. Yeah, finally got to see this. Loved it. I mean, if you're a fan of the Friday the 13th series, this is the ultimate documentary. I wish that this team would come out with documentaries for every single like franchise, like Alien. I would mm-hmm. love to see them do like an Alien one or something. But I know they did the, the Nightmare on Elm Street one as well. But right. I want them to keep making these because for film buffs, these are the most comprehensive, detailed. I mean, it's like seven plus hours and it goes through everything. And I know we talked about it last week when you saw it, Ernie, but definitely check this out. It is a must see if you're into this series. Are we going to say comeback for Corey Feldman? 
you know, he doesn't do a bad yeah. job. Yeah, he, 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 the there's a the there's a Same little scripted lines. There's a little <laughs> um, there's a little like intro and outro bit that they do that does not work at all. I thought it was uh. horrible. <laughs> but but I, I still like the fact of how it ties it all together. It's like, oh, he's Tommy Jarvis again. Like, yeah, <laughs> but it was pretty. Well, I, I thought it was pretty lame. But, but it was seven it, hours it was, in between. It was so cheesily right. acted. So. Yeah, there was seven hours in between, so it it didn't matter to me. But I thought that Feldman's narration was fine. Like he did a fine mm. job. So he he's a decent reader. Yeah, it was like That's listening. It was like listening to Donatello from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> narrate a documentary about Jason. Righteous. <laughs> I want to see it because of that. Yeah, you should definitely check it out. <laughs> but I was like, like you mentioned last week, I was surprised that they even got into the the TV show and stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. and there was there was a lot of stuff that I didn't know about that they that they get into like the big thing was you know this blu-ray set came out recently that has all of the friday the 13th and the reason i didn't buy it was because there were no director's cuts no extended cuts or anything and then i find out by watching this documentary that all the negatives have been destroyed for all the older ones so there will there will never be director's cuts so I'll probably go pick it up because of that. Yeah. Uh, so definitely check that out. If you're only if you're into the movies, obviously. If if you're not a fan, it's gonna be a long seven hours. <laughs> you might uh, even learn some stuff from for filmmaking. So who knows? So. Yeah, I mean they get into a lot of how just stories about the production and stuff, and that, that was interesting. But uh, then I saw a movie called Spider Baby from 1968. This oh, is. Man. I mean, you don't need to say any more. I'm in. You yeah. should. You should check it out. I'm, this sounds amazing. Uh, because <laughs> because October is upon us, I will probably be watching almost nothing but horror movies this month. So, I started it off with uh, this little movie with directed by Jack Hill, and it's sort of a cult classic. I would say this is one that I never got around to seeing, so I decided to watch it. It's pretty ridiculous it's billed as a horror comedy but it's not really scary or funny at all (laughs) but it is kind of (laughs) so they fail on all fronts it is kind of interesting (laughs) it's one of the last movies that lon chaney was in he's the guy that was the original wolfman and also very early role with uh by sid haig who is captain spaulding in the rob zombie movies and it was decent it was kind of a campy horror movie. Uh, it was shot in black and white, so it, it looked kind of... It, it actually looked a lot older than 1968, but I know that they were done shooting it in 64, but it just took them a really long time to get it out. So it looks quite old, but basically it's about a family of inbred children that have this weird disease that makes them act younger than they actually are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're kind of like feral children, but they're actually adults. Fantastic. And one of them is obsessed with spiders. Like she pretends mm-hmm. to be a spider and she makes this net out of rope. And when people come over to the house, she throws the net on them. And then she 
quote, stings them. And to, to sting them, she takes two knives and repeatedly stabs them until they're dead. <laughs> so. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, if if you like Jack Hill's stuff, if you know the kind of movies that Jack Hill makes, that's it, probably worth seeing. I mean, he's one of these B-movie exploitation guys. He did Coffee and Foxy Brown, and he did some really big exploitation stuff. So, you know. It's maybe a light recommend. Yes. Uh, and then I saw Leviathan, the documentary, not not the uh, not the Peter Weller, not the uh, Peter Weller movie. one. No, the, what? the the documentary. Oh, are you kidding? Uh, the, not from uh, the father of the guy that directed Beyond the Black Rainbow. No, not, nope. not that one. I still like that one though. But I have never seen that one. Did you 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 saw the new Leviathan? Didn't you, Ernie? Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, actually got to see it in the theater when it played in L.A. for a brief moment. But, I, I like this a lot. I was, uh, yeah, I dislike both of you. I was <laughs> I was really impressed by this movie, and it is it's a documentary, but it's also kind of an experimental film in a way too. Where if you're not familiar with it, they just take a bunch of GoPros. I think that they used GoPros. Yes, and yeah. put them just throw them everywhere on this fishing boat and see what happens. And I got to say some of the shots that they get are mind blowing. Like the one where they put the GoPro in the, the tank where they gut the fish. Mm-hmm. I was just like, Oh my God, it was crazy. <laughs> and see, they, like, and the fish heads are still breathing and they're just yeah. bumping up against the camera. I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And there's just like blood everywhere. And, it was a gross movie, but at the same time, it was really fascinating. And I'll tell you, it's it's amazing what you can get out of a GoPro camera. Like, I think if GoPro, they should endorse this movie and be like, look, this is what you can do with these cameras. Because it was pretty incredible. Yeah, I think my favorite shots were the disorienting ones where the cameras were clearly knocked off their mounts and they were just hanging upside down. Yeah. And they the, just there, present the footage upside down. You're like, what am yeah. I looking at? The birds are on the bottom. The, the, oh, yes. we're upside down. That was incredible. There's a scene at the, t- towards the end, there's a scene where the camera is upside down and it's going in and out of the water. And when it goes mm. in the water, it looks like it's actually out of the water, but you see like stingrays swimming everywhere. Yes. Oh, and God, can't wait to see this. And it co- and it, when it goes out of the water, it looks like all the birds are underneath. It just it's so cool. <laughs> but oh, I, I will say that it's definitely not a movie for general audiences. I think that a lot of people mm-hmm. may find it to be kind of dry uh, because yeah. it is very matter of fact. I mean, it's well, just yeah, I mean, literally these guys doing their job. It's yeah. It's, I mean, I I, I never watched. What's that fishing show? That's Deadliest Catch. Deadliest Catch. Watch that. I would actually. Yeah, I would rather watch Leviathan than watch Deadliest Catch. Well, so, yeah. This. Uh, is, I mean, this is this is directed by uh, like professors. They're not filmmakers. They're not right. filmmakers that, at all. Like, They're just professors. I, was there a moment where one of the crew was watching TV and yes. he was watching a yeah. reality show and he was just falling asleep during it? Yeah. There's a. There's like a five minute scene where the camera is positioned on this guy who's in like their their break room and he's yeah. watching i think yeah. it's deadliest catch because you can hear him talking about what it's a fishing show and they just show him falling asleep at the table and it's like 5 minutes straight just a static shot on this guy falling asleep 
but there's there's a lot of shots like that like there's another one where it's wherever the camera is placed it's like right in this guy's face and it's (laughs) so close to his face for like three minutes and there's like nothing going on it's just his face but it was really it was still incredibly incredibly fascinating and i highly recommend checking this out now i can't remember is this put out by like the actual university where these people teach no no it's not no okay Okay. but yeah leviathan check it out Uh, and then i also saw captain phillips sticking with my nautical weekend (laughs) oh nice segue yeah so captain phillips this is this came out in a sneak preview this this weekend and ernie you saw it too so that's why i kind of saved saved it for last we can kind of go right into your what your thoughts were i actually like this quite a bit i don't know if we're going to be doing like a feature review next week on the site or on the show we we may so i will say that i did enjoy it quite a bit it was pretty tense and I don't know. I th- I think that I could probably come up with some nitpicks, but I think that I'll probably save my detailed thoughts t- till next week. But I will say I, I recommend checking it out. Ooh, okay. Yep. It's worth saying, but for me, it wasn't as white knuckle as say United ninety three or something like that. But um, it was still good overall. Yeah, I mean, I think that I would probably sit around an eight out of ten. But yeah. Uh, strong performance by Tom Hanks, but you know that's to be expected at this point. It's Tom Hanks, especially yeah, towards just... especially towards the end, he really yeah, starts. Especially at the end, yeah. When he, when he yeah. it starts getting really emotional, and he starts getting emotional, mm-hmm. that's when he really and then, just. And that's that's when the whole waterworks starts flowing in the theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like looking around, I'm seeing tissues coming out, sniveling, and just like. <laughs> it, yeah, it's a pretty powerful film. All right. What else you got, Ernie? Um, I revisited Old Boy. Uh, I haven't seen it since it first came out, and there was so much I'd forgotten about it. And um, basically, this is just in preparation for the upcoming Spike Lee remake, or reimagining, as they would prefer to be called. Which you, but, also, um, you saw the you saw the new one, right? Yeah, I did. But of course, I know you can't talk about it. <laughs> but yes, I have seen it. Um, but I still love the original, and uh, looking back, I'm like, uh, the stuff that I forgot, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot those little, like, the whole post-hypnotic suggestion angle. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of hard to swallow for me now. <laughs> but, um, but overall, it's still enjoyable, and, um, and I was, like, ready to do a comparison to the remake, but uh, no. we'll discuss that <laughs> soon. <laughs> I, I do. I plan on rewatching the original one before I see the new one as well, just because... Mm-hmm. It's been a while since I've seen it, and I just love the original one so much. Just love it so much. Yeah, yeah. But um, one, there, one will, the there will be a lot to there will be a lot to discuss once it finally comes out. So, what were you saying, Kevin? I said that it's one of the reasons I don't want to revisit it because I'm did. afraid. I'm afraid that I might not like it as much as I did the first time. And I just I don't want to sully it. I just want to keep it. Yeah, as I, when I, the first time I saw it, I was like, "That was like amazing." But yeah, like I said, going back to it, there was like I started getting a little nitpick. I'm like, "Yeah, I didn't kind of follow that." It's like, "Okay, that wasn't exactly clear." Like, yeah, because before before revisiting shit. it, yeah, before revisiting it, the only things I could remember were the quarter fight and the ending. Mm. <laughs> it's like a friend of mine is like, "What about the octopus? What octopus? You don't remember the octopus?" I'm I like, remember the octopus. No, I don't remember the octopus. I'm like, 
And then I rewatched. Oh yeah, the octopus. Okay, no. No, I, I think it's. I don't think it's giving too much away, but I thought I saw something in the trailer. Is the octopus in the new one? There is an allusion to the octopus. Okay, that's that's about all I'll say. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so I still enjoy the movie, but it wasn't as good as I remembered it. It's still an awesome film, but just didn't hold up on second viewing. Mm. Which still doesn't mean which it. which still doesn't mean I watch it, won't watch it again. I still will, but maybe in another ten years or something. I don't know. Um, I guess keeping with the revenge thing, um, I saw Abel Ferrara's Miss Forty Five. Oh, if okay. Guys ever heard of that? I, I've um, heard of it. I haven't seen it though. It's a deaf mute. Um, no wait sorry I don't think she's deaf a shy mute um, is raped twice <laughs> in like a 12 hour period <laughs> and then she just totally loses her shit and goes around killing people uh, particularly men who are, aren't particularly nice and then she gets progressively worse and just goes on a murdering spree and it's like oh and she just goes around killing people with a gun that she stole off uh, one of the uh, rapists. And um, it was like, not as bad as you would think. I mean, it's Able for Horror, so you would think it's excessively exploitive, which it is in a way, but it's actually pretty good up until the outrageous way they dispatched the little, the heroine or villain, if you want to call it. I was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm like, okay, that was weird. <laughs> but, hmm. But it wasn't bad. Uh, for eighty late eighties, this was before um, before Bad Lieutenant. I think it was and, early eighties. Yeah, eighty eighty one. And someone mentioned when they were reading up on it that she, the actress, co-wrote uh, Bad Lieutenant. <laughs> and you're thinking, oh, actress seeing the movie, he's like, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> so so he goes to some pretty dark places, and apparently she was a advocate for heroin or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and apparently she died of an overdose or something. Oh, well. <laughs> in, rea- in, in reality. So. There you go. So, um, yeah, so that wasn't bad. And then uh, uh, it was. this was tied into a, a Chicks with Guns theme night. Uh, this is where we were supposed to watch Thriller. She, they call her One Eye. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also saw one called The Man Killers, which was mid-'80s, which is just pure B-movie cheese you know i wouldn't even call it tna because it's a total lack of tea except one accidental nip slip shot <laughs> it's, it's completely everybody's completely got their tops on and maybe butt cheeks that's about all that's exposed but basically it's just an fbi agent who's betrayed is brought back to take down the guy who betrayed her and she has to bring in a hit squad made up of women <laughs> uh, i'm just why, i just why, looked this why up women i don't know it's just because I just looked this up and I'm, it's got the most amazing cover I've ever seen. Yeah, it's like some some Rambo S girl with uh, with her cleavage hanging out at the bottom, counting a gun. Twelve wild women. <laughs> oh my god! So yeah. So there's like a there's like a scene in the middle of the movie where they're oh, like on the, like they're supposed to train for shooting and there's a shooting range and it looks like a makeshift set that like twelve year olds would have made. And then you're like thinking, what is this? And then you realize it's supposed to be a mock-up of the actual location they're going to attack. Oh, <laughs> and my. the buildings look exactly the same. <laughs> so they're like, they use the same setup and stages. And like, wow, this is the villain's camp? I'm like, 
<laughs> one good bomb would take care of it all no problem but wow. yeah i wouldn't say it's like it's a great movie in any way i mean it still it still was a piece of crap but, hmm. but for a movie you want to make fun of like in a mystery science theater kind of way it's definitely worth checking out <laughs> in that sense but yeah we're like it's like is this done yet and I was like it's an hour and a half i'm like geez how long has it been 40 minutes oh. hmm. <laughs> it's like this is gonna be a long one and what else and then uh i did see captain phillips as we were talking about and um and i did like it and there was a i guess it was a norwegian film that came out last year called a, a hijacking which was inspired i think that one was inspired by a true story whereas opposed captain phillips is actually based on a true story and um yeah that that hijacking one that just came out recently didn't it like here I don't know. I remember it was at AFI last year or something. Because so I just saw did, something did. about that. Maybe it just it's, came out uh, on DVD or something. Yeah. It came out uh, limited in June of this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's not the it's not similar, but they're completely... They both deal with Somalian pirates, but they both tackle it from a different perspective, whereas hijacking actually deals with the crew as well as the corporation as they're trying to figure out how to get the crew freed. And... Uh, Whereas Captain Phillips is all about them trying to save Phillips, who I wouldn't I wouldn't say they're both about equal. Uh, one's not better than the other. Hijacking wasn't as intense as was hoped, as it sounded. Same thing with Captain Phillips, but still both hmm. worth checking out. Hmm. And then the other one was that little thing called Gravity. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and jump into Gravity. Uh, this is directed by, written and directed by Alfonso Cuaron. It's also co-written by his son Jonas, and it oh, stars. That explains it. Stars Sandra Bullock, George Clooney, and the voice of Ed Harris. Uh, I do have a synopsis here. A medical engineer and an astronaut work together to survive after an accident leaves them adrift in space. Now, Ernie, you have the review up on the site. So I think what we're going to do is start with Kevin. Because I noticed that this movie has a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, which immediately made me think... Kevin's going to fucking hate this movie. Dude. <laughs> Number one, how the fuck is it 98%? Are you kidding me? This is, without a doubt, the most ridiculous story I've seen in ages. It's just one bullshit thing after another. The script is terrible. The dialogue is terrible. The plot developments are terrible. Everything's fucking terrible outside of the fact that it looks pretty. It's just bullshit, one after another. I, I'm just completely astounded that there hasn't been the backlash that I was expecting. Mm. I've seen nothing, really, outside of a few reviews here and there, but no one has been tearing into this film like I saw people tear into Dark Knight Rises or Man of Steel or any of the other fucking films where they'll suspend disbelief for the existence of superheroes, but when it comes to the script, they nitpick it like fucking geniuses. And then you come into a movie like Gravity, and they're like, oh, no, it was good. I liked it. It was awesome. Are you kidding me? How would you have felt if the whole movie was done without a script? I mean, just basically played out as is without any dialogue. Uh, getting rid of the dialogue would have helped a lot. Um <laughs> Because the dialogue was absolutely terrible, but a lot of the plot developments, or the, you know, the things that they, no, I just just a lot of things that I want to get into that are spoiler. But the way that they develop this story is just 
I can only suspend disbelief for so long until I just start cracking up and laughing my ass off. And that's what this film did to me. It was like Alfonso was testing me. He's just like, how much can he take? Is he still with us? And then there just came a point where I was like, no, I'm fucking done. I just, I waved the white flag and I was like, no, can't do it. This is hilarious. Uh, well, I'll tell you what I thought about it. And uh, I've cooled on it a little bit since seeing it. I just saw it uh, yesterday. So I, I've cooled on it a little bit since then, but I still think it was great. I, I completely disagree. Now, no, I don't completely disagree. I take that back. I think that there were some serious issues with the dialogue. And I think that most people can agree that there were some things that happened, especially towards the end, that were pretty ridiculous as far as the cheese factor goes. And I just want to say real quick, that's the whole fucking movie. I, I didn't think it was. I didn't that's think the it whole was. movie. Well, there was very little dialogue at the beginning. I mean, towards it didn't really pick up until after the initial yeah, accident did, happened and all that. I understand that, but it, I mean, hmm. is the film about Sandra Bullock fixing a panel in a space station? No, the story's about everything that comes after that, and everything after that is terrible. I, I disagree. I think I, I thought <sighs> that it. I thought that it achieved what it was setting out to do which was to create a a tense science fiction thriller that i mean i was in awe of the visuals and i saw it i did Mm -hmm. see it at the imax in 3d and also the the sound design i thought was crazy like just the small oh yeah this just the small things like when she's you know uh removing like the when she's Mm -hmm. using the why am i forgetting the not rivets but you know what I'm talking about? Like the drill? The screwdriver. Uh, the screw- oh, so like a, the, a bolt socket wrench type deal? <laughs> yeah, like the socket wrench. I think there's an actual term for that. but Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but like just, know. just like how everything sounds muffled almost as if you're underwater or something like that. And mm-hmm. yeah. just the little details of that. And just it was always it was a culmination of a lot of small things that made me just I thought that there were scenes where my jaw was like actually dropped and that doesn't happen to me very often in movies but i can forgive the poor dialogue like and as far as this the story goes i what what i think you're complaining about is a lot of the kind of luck that she has no no i'm i'm talking about every single thing that happens well i I mean there (laughs) was everything that happens after the accident Everything. Just oh, without one it, it would have been another. much of a movie. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, <laughs> it would have been space yes, camp. and I would have been, I would have been happy with that because I wish I did not see this film. A piece of debris just hits her and shatters <laughs> yeah, her helmet, and then that's her, it. Credits. Yeah, it was. Yeah, with like a ten-minute short film, that would have been great. <laughs> I thought that I liked the story quite a bit. I, I, I do. I do want to add to what you said. I do. I mean, it looks gorgeous. You can't deny that. The the effects that went into this are just outstanding and the sound design i would i would agree with you there the sound design was absolutely amazing i did thoroughly enjoy that now everything outside of that hate it yeah i just uh i just don't see it i had a lot of fun with this movie i thought it was really suspenseful and i was you know on somewhat on the edge of my seat for most of it wondering what's going to happen next and 
Yeah, I thought that there were certainly some eye-rolling moments in it. But at the same time, it's like, this is what this movie is designed to, to do. I mean, it's if if nothing worked out for her, it would be a very short movie that well, no, no, no. would be I, somewhat anticlimactic. Oh, and I, I, knew, I knew going in that she was, I knew how it was going to play out. I knew it was going to happen. And what I was there for the journey. And the journey is preposterous and absurd and laughable. It's terrible. There, there was an article. It's just lazy script writing. It's terrible. There was an article that came out from NASA that said that this, this was the most technically sound space film ever created. Really? Yeah, which I thought was interesting. I, do astronauts use fire extinguishers constantly? Well, I mean, if that, well, you, that, would, you would think they'd have to have them up there. Yeah. They, <laughs> they do they use? But, I mean, do they use those to travel through space? Well, I think that oh. I think that that <laughs> scene on. in particular. I mean, it would. It seems like it would work. I mean, what else? If if that's what you're oh, I was read. There was uh, a uh, interview with an astronaut. He was literally saying, "I could pluck the hair from my head, straighten it out, and push the hair on something, and that would push me away." Hmm. That's all the force you need to move in zero g. It's interesting. Uh, well, one keeping with the the zero g effects, I li- I really liked how the fire looked because I don't know if I've ever seen that kind of effect in a movie before, where it's like fire mm-hmm. in zero mm-hmm. gravity. I thought that yeah, was really that, interesting. That was nice. Like, I would like to know how they did a lot of those zero g effects because some of it looked incredible. Like. I mean, I guess it was mostly wire work, but yeah. some of it, you're just like, how the hell did they do that? Like the the one scene when Sandra Bullock first gets into one of the things and she takes, I'm trying to gloss over the details, but she takes off her suit and she kind of goes into the fetal position. She's just kind of floating there. Like I, I really, mm-hmm. I really liked how that all yeah. looked. Thought that yeah, that it was clearly really looks nice. like she's on a, she's clearly on a set, not in a CGI environment. So. Yeah, it was. But, I thought that what they did with the effects were pretty crazy. I don't I, know. If, I, I would guess like a clear platform, and she was actually laying down. Yeah, maybe would be my I guess. I don't know. I mean, they they might have used one of those planes. You know that what they do with Apollo thirteen, where they take them up in the plane. Yeah, they, and drop they actually they actually tried to do that, but they're saying for the link that. Paul Ron's trying to go with his takes. They said that would be like infeasible to do. <laughs> oh, really? So they didn't. Yeah, they didn't do the plane thing. Yeah, yeah, they were gonna try, but they said, "Nah, we can't do it this way." <laughs> so. Damn it. Well, and that's the other thing regarding the story. I, I think about this story, and then I look at something that actually happened, like Apollo thirteen, and it doesn't seem as far fetched to me. And maybe, maybe we should get into some spoilers about this real quick because I feel like we're getting kind of close to that territory. Maybe maybe before we get into spoilers, Ernie, you can just give your general thoughts and then we can jump in. Um, overall, I thought it was a beautifully looking film. Um, for me, it wasn't kind of like the same way I felt about Captain Phillips. It doesn't wasn't white knuckle tension like I felt like in 93. But um, for me, it was like I was I enjoyed the spectacle of it, but I just wasn't as drawn into the tension of it. So, but I still thought it was a really good movie. Okay. Well, let's let's get into some spoilers and and your thoughts in detail are on the site. So you can go ahead and go to the site, read his review in full. Let's get into some spoilers on Gravity. So if you haven't seen the film yet, please fast forward here. We'll have the time codes and the show notes and all that fun stuff. So Kevin, let's 
get back to you because I know you're anxious to vent. <laughs> let's let's talk about no, some. No, I'm not essentially not anxious to vent. I'm pretty. I've moved past this film. I'm done. But uh, the, like I said, the the fire extinguisher scene was just the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Um, I just all I could think of was Harlem Williams farting through space. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's all I thought. That's, that's all I could think of. It was. <laughs> it's, yeah, maybe a um, fart can move you in outer space. Yeah, it's just yeah. That you have to, you'd have to expose yourself to the elements, though. That's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> just that entire sequence was just. I. I mean, I was on the outskirts of losing it beforehand, but. That's what did it. That's what just put the nail in the coffin. I was done. I mean, the first one that was before that is, you know, she's breathing CO2 and she's climbing around a space station like it's fucking nothing. She's just doing it like she's been climbing space stations all her fucking life. She does it like every Tuesday. She's just climbing space stations in space, well, breathing CO2. No, but they said that there was some there was some oxygen left in her, like, actual they suit. Said, yeah, they yeah. said that like 10 minutes before she actually landed on the space station. She was breathing CO2 well, when she was climbing around. I think if she's breathing pure CO2, she'd pass out. Thank you very much, but that's what happened in the film. <laughs> I don't think... There had yes, to, no, it did. There it had did. to be go some back, oxygen. Go back, no, yeah. go back yeah. and watch it, dude. Go back and watch it. No, I know he says <laughs> you're breathing CO2, yeah. but there had to be some oxygen no, left he in said, No, he said, like, 10 minutes before that, he said that, oh, there's still some oxygen in your suit. And then 10 minutes later, she's climbing around on the thing. Like she's been doing in her entire life. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, from um, that point on, when he says that you got like oxygen in your suit, but the alarm, the CO2 alarm, doesn't go off until like a little bit later. So mm. she's still she, uh, give me a break. Come on. <laughs> it, it, well, I'm just saying we're not astronauts though, so we don't know. Dude, and, I, and I, maybe, maybe maybe she was holding her breath in a deleted scene or something. <laughs> There you go. Maybe, maybe. Um, oh, that could be an editing thing too. You know, maybe, maybe what they meant to do was have that that scene be shorter from the time where he says you're breathing CO two to the time that she climbs in. Maybe it was supposed to be a shorter amount of time in between there or something. Maybe. I mean, she seemed really far away from the hatch to get into the space station, and she just boom jumped right through it. She's just climbing, jumping around. She's not passing out at all. She's just fucking wrecking shit on a space station, breathing CO2 like it was any other day. But it, that's not even the, the biggest thing for me. The biggest thing for me is when she gets into the Chinese escape pod and okay, she just well, starts fucking mashing buttons. Are you fucking kidding me? She jumps in. She's like, oh, turn on. There we go. We're done. Well, I think that Got there was. Booted it up. I think there was some educated guessing going on there because they, did, they did mention oh, that boy. she. She yeah, was she, using the simulators. Mm-hmm. So was she using the, the Chinese simulators? She's well, they meant they mentioned I that she. Pro- they, yeah, they probably mentioned that they're all similarly designed or something. Oh my goodness! Oh, that, actually, just, you, actually, yeah, that's a good point. He he did just, say you just can't you can't read them. So. Yeah, George Clooney said that the the Chinese one is the same as the the Russian one. That's what he said. He's like, oh, the the Chinese one's yeah. the same thing as the Russian one. Yeah, I think she was mentioned right. like I never flown I never flown that. He's like, Oh well, that's probably what it was. The uh just, the escape pod is the same as the Russian one. Just figures it out. Just hits a button and makes a warning noise and she's like, Oh shit, that sounds bad. Turn it off. Really? Like I mean, do you want me to invest in that? 
Well, that's what you want me to invest my time into. I guess they wanted like, the audience. That's your script. I guess they they wanted the audience to feel that you know there there was a little bit more tension there because she didn't know exactly what she was doing. I mean, because if you think about it, let's say she got in the the escape pod and she didn't know how to use it at all, and she hits a button and the thing explodes. Movie over. <laughs> like, that's one outcome. The other outcome is yeah. is that she knows how to use it immediately, in which case everybody would be like, well, how the hell does she just know how to jump into this thing and use it right off the bat? So, like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was a tricky situation. I'm not saying that maybe they didn't write themselves well, into a corner it, with that. Exactly. Don't, put, don't write yourself into a corner like that. Well, they did almost write themselves into a corner and were skirting the cheese uh, level with the uh, the uh, Yoda-like appearance well, of Clooney. Okay. Oh, my God. And then you got that. And then you have her dropping the the fact that she lost her four-year-old daughter and I'm supposed to connect to that. Right, yeah. Just drop that out was, of fucking nowhere. I had big issues with those two <laughs> things. And then plus the, the dog barking scene. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the more I talk about this, I just... What did I give it? Three stars on Letterboxd? This is coming down to like a one and a half. This is a fucking travesty. <laughs> this is a joke. This is a joke of a film. The the dog barking scene, I definitely could have done mm. without. And the and plus uh, one, I can't remember. Is she doing the Russian escape pod or the Chinese escape pod? Where she just like automatically goes into this Russell Crowe beautiful mind type deal and she just starts hitting buttons. She's got it all figured out. And she's just she talking. The Chinese one. Yeah, she's talking about, you know, oh, Bat, if you see my daughter, tell her. Da, 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 da. I'm just like, give me a fucking break. This is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I didn't, I wasn't too bothered. The dialogue I did have an issue with. I thought that that was did pretty, you, pretty did you, Hollywood. Did you, did you love the line of, I hate space? Yeah, hate I mean, space. that was fine. Was, I hate space. Yeah. It's a fucking Roland Emmerich movie. Kidding me? <laughs> I think I have read something about it being compared to a Roland. Oh, maybe it was your letterbox review, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. (laughs) Because I didn't read any other reviews, so it had to be yours. I read yours and Ernie's. (laughs) Yes, it was. It was mine. (laughs) So how old is his son that he co-wrote this with? Is he eight? I don't know. Nine years old? Uh, I hope he's not a grown adult. Please don't tell me that. He's got to be at least in his 20s or something. Oh, that's disappointing. Alfonso has to be disappointed. Yeah, his his son was born in 81, so... Mm. Shit, he's older than me? Yeah. Holy fuck. Jonas, come on now. <laughs> uh, I mean, I knew... You, I had a feeling you weren't going to like it. it just... I, I mean, I was into it. I'll give it to you. I, I was completely into it, but it just... It just kept stacking the shit on top of each other, and it's just it came to a point where it's like, no, I'm sorry, I, I can't, I can't be a part of this anymore. It seems like yeah, it seems like it was just too Hollywood for you. Is that a is that a safe statement? But it, no, because I was even I was okay with that. There was a point where I was like, okay, this is just a Hollywood action survival disaster film. That's what I'm looking at here. I'm in. And then just the writing that went into that afterwards, I was like, okay, so it's a Hollywood action disaster survival film that's terribly written. I want no part of this. Hmm. Okay. Um, so let's talk about the ending. We're still in spoilers. What did you guys think of the ending? Of the uh, the final shot? Or, or, the, uh, just, just, or just like the last 
maybe the, maybe the, just the concept of her getting back and safe and laying on the beach and rubbing her face in the sand and all that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and basically just seeing Sandra Bullock standing like the attack of the 50 foot woman. <laughs> that was kind of a funny shot. Just the, the angle looking up at yeah. her, looking up to the sky, like, geez, she's big. <laughs> that was kind of a but, weird uh, shot. Has anybody ever brought up the size of Sandra Bullock's thighs? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they the, seem, they on, seem, on, they on seem the, powerful. On the IMAX screen, they're, they're, on the IMAX screen they're, they're epic. They're like, geez, those are like freaking tree trunks. Well, yeah, it was, it was kind of <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of funny because, you know, she gets she gets back on Earth and she can't walk or she has a hard time because her muscles are all atrophied <laughs> from being in space. Yeah. And I'm just the whole time looking at her legs and like, she can't get up with those legs? You kidding me? <laughs> Looks like she's ready to like yeah. do jump yeah. hurdles. Yeah. Right, yeah, you lose, or something. You lose bone density and everything. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Well, what did you what yeah. did you think of the ending? Typical Hollywood ending, Kevin. Well, no, like I said earlier, I knew that that was going to happen. I know she's going to survive. I knew that, and the ending, I, I didn't really have a problem with. I thought the ending was quite nice, the way that they shot it and everything, and you know. You need. I mean, you know the outcome before you even go see yeah. the movie. You I wonder if they. Happen. I wonder if they actually shot like an ambiguous kind of ending where you're not sure if she actually lived or not. Mm, something like, tells like maybe me when that she when she comes out that she's actually in nowhere. <laughs> something tells me that that they probably didn't with this. Like, I don't know. It, it just seems too main like big studio film for them to do that. <laughs> It'd be like the, the sixth sense moment for uh, for gravity or something. Yeah, I would. I would also like to see like the realistic ending because remember she put no trajectory into her re-entering Earth, so the odds of her hitting the ocean, like they should have just sooner hit in like Utah, <laughs> like in the salt flats. <laughs> she ends up like in the middle of Death Valley, and then she just dies in the desert. <laughs> Or if I don't know if you guys read about this lake in like Africa where it like turns living organisms into stone. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, that's that, right. would, have yeah, been, that would have been perfect. Her character's name <laughs> is Stone and she lands in the lake and she and turns into stone. Yeah, she's she's doing her, oh, her epic. That would have been amazing. She's doing her epic stand and then she just turns into a statue. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. Cut to 10 years later. And so there's like a small field trip. It's like a pla- Kowals- they put a plaque Kowalski's, there. Yeah. Kowalski's kid, yeah, has seen the statue <laughs> of rhinestone. Well, I'm surprised. Actually, I'm su- kind of surprised that they wouldn't show like any any family type stuff and go go there with it and just sap it up even more. Mm-hmm. No, I mean to me, I think it. Yeah, I was I expecting flashback it. scenes and stuff like that. But am I the only one that saw this whole evolution thing going on? Uh, I didn't really pick up on any of that, but I wasn't looking either. You weren't picking up on the oh-so-subtle close-ups of Buddha and other religious relics uh, I mean, I, throughout yeah. the entire time? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I saw all that stuff, but I didn't I didn't feel like it was. I had to look into it. I didn't really care to look into it, but it wouldn't surprise me if all that was there. Yeah. And, like, I knew, I knew that George Clooney was not real, like he wasn't... Well, yeah, because really she would, I mean, she would have died instantly. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, not only that, but when the the author, Brett Easton Ellis, saw this, he spoiled it on Twitter 
Oh, what a dick. Yeah, like that guy's well, that guy's always been a dick. Yeah. He's he spoiled it on Twitter like right away. Do people still like him? Uh he's losing a lot of friends, I'll tell you that. It's almost it's almost like that's a mission for him for like the last three years is to get everyone to not like him anymore. Yeah, and I he's think so. doing a wonderful job. I think so, yeah. So Alright, any other spoiler type stuff that you guys want to say about gravity? I loved the the scene where they they show uh was it Sharif? I can't remember the guy's name. The, the uh, other guy. The, the, the other guy. astronaut. Yeah, the other guy showed the yeah the debris went clean through his face. Yeah, that that was that was that was pretty creepy. That was kind of crazy. Well done. There's was actually well done. there's actually a lot of horror elements to the film that I kind of didn't expect. Like there were certain oh, like when they were going against the cockpit. Yeah. There were like certain things (laughs) that they showed, not just the dead bodies, but there are other things that, that the lighting to it. Yeah. Yeah. Like there were a lot of other kind of like really horrifying things about it too. As, as beautiful as a lot of the scenery was, we were always reminded like, Hey, you know what? This is space. You're in space. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be here and you're probably going to (laughs) die. Oh, that doesn't happen in Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> the only other thing that I did, I mean, I, again, it looks beautiful. The effects work is unbelievable. But I do think that they went a bit over the top when they showed the Aurora Borealis. Yeah. Like, you know, they're. I just imagine them like looking at that in post and they were like, can we make that any more beautiful? And there's guys <laughs> like, well, we could put like the Aurora Borealis like on the right hand side there. Is that cool? Yeah, do that. Do that. Just ratchet up a notch. Yeah, I mean it was, but I take it you didn't you didn't see it in 3D, Kevin. No, I didn't. Would I did I miss out on the socket wrench floating out at me, and I'm like, oh, oh but that's that's or not the part where, just, where, where no, Clooney no. is reaching out for the bolt and it's like, well, that was yeah, yeah that was a big scene. But I mean that that stuff was not really it, it, why you should see it in yeah. 3D. No, no, I just I hate when I'm watching a film and I know I know you know what scenes are for 3d now, like i'm just sitting there watching mm-hmm. it going okay that's a 3d scene they just added that for 3d Did i don't you, like that that bothers me well yeah it usually bothers me too but since i saw it in 3d i didn't care <laughs> uh ernie did, do you know if they actually shot this in 3d or is it post converted yeah this uh, this was uh shot for 3d yeah because it in 3d looks yeah. it looks amazing in 3d i mean i these days i hardly ever see movies in 3d uh, but mm-hmm. this one, I was like, okay, I got to see this in the IMAX and 3D. And I'll tell you, I, I was very glad that I did that because I really think that certain movies really benefit from that. Like, I think mm-hmm. that you can actually like a movie more with how it's presented. And with this movie, seeing it on the big screen in the IMAX with the, you know, booming sound and just how clear everything was as far as the sound and how it's in that crazy uh, like stereo, IMAX stereo, where you can hear mm. things off to the side in the back. And then just all the 3D stuff with the helmets and s- just the helmets and stuff yeah. like that. When they would switch the, the camera inside the helmet, looked yeah, amazing. Yeah, to the POV, yeah. Yeah, all that stuff looked incredible. So I, if, if you're going to see it, I would say go see it in 3D. But uh, let's, let's go ahead and get out of the spoiler section. So... We are back. Final thoughts on Gravity. Ernie, you gave it an 8.5 out of 10. I am yep. also going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. Yesterday, I was like sitting at a 9 right when I came out of the theater. 
But like I said, I kind of cooled on it a little bit. I'd like to give it like an 8.6 hmm. if I could. And Kevin, you're giving it a one and a half. I'm, I'm just, I'm so <laughs> confused. I'm so confused. Like it would, from what I heard from both of you, I, I thought it was great. Convince, I don't hear a convincing argument. I thought it was great. Is it enough for me? Like what? How? Okay. How was it you, great? You look at you look at the things that you hated. The story. Okay. You thought that uh-huh. the story was ridiculous and none of that worked for you, but it did work okay. for me. I wasn't bothered mm-hmm. by the the events that took place, like all okay. the the stuff involving her and the, the things that she did to get home. None of that bothered me. Like I wasn't yeah. I wasn't sitting there like, come on, like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. There were eye rolling moments for me, but that was all dialogue, and there were only like maybe three that I can think of where I was just like, Ugh, ridiculous. But mm-hmm. for the rest of the movie, i really enjoyed myself. I was extremely entertained by it. I thought that visually it looked amazing. Every scene I was like blown away by how it looked the long, the extremely long takes that they did. Yeah. I, I love that in any movie. And again, the sound was great too. The score was also quite good. Mm-hmm. I mean, my main qualm was the fact that it wasn't as intense as I thought it was going to be the first time I saw the trailers for it. But I still overall was able to enjoy it, even though it wasn't as suspenseful as for most people it was. Yeah, I thought thought it was very suspenseful. So, I mean, I wasn't... I'm trying to think of a movie that I was, like, more in more suspense over. And I know that there have been a few recently where I was just, like, on the edge of my seat the whole time. But I can't... Maybe The Raid... I think mm, I remember yeah, feeling probably pretty tense during the raid. There might have been a couple other ones that I saw. Almost well, during the dark night, or yeah, maybe. Um, Either way, uh, I still yeah, thought that this I, one was. I, pretty... I keep bringing up United '93, even though those were events everybody witnessed. But the way Greengrass made the movie, it was like incredibly intense from beginning to end. So, yeah, and and Captain Phillips was very intense too, but and. Not, I thought that this was more tense than that one, but so is that good enough? Is that a good enough reason for you, Kevin? Or <laughs> that works a little bit, a little bit, it works a little bit. I'm still some completely surprised that you're okay with the story here. I just, it, I just, it didn't bother me, it didn't bother just, me at all. I don't, yeah. I don't know how it doesn't. I honestly, yeah, I was, I'm just surprised that it going, doesn't bother you. I was expecting a space spectacle, not uh, 2001 or something like that, so. Yeah, I mean, I. It's definitely a spectacle. Like I said, yeah. it's it's a Roland Emmerich film. <laughs> it's, it's just a bit, it's a bit better. It's a bit better. I'll give him that. No, they, they, no, I will not say that it's anything above, slightly above Roland Emmerich. I mean, <laughs> you gotta say it's above Roland Emmerich, just on the. I, like, I said slightly. It's slightly above. Slightly above. I'll give him that. It's slightly above. But it's still just really terrible honestly i just i don't see it like it's, it, it's i i think that it's just a matter of me being okay looks, with the the events of the story and you not I, I think that that's pretty much what it boils down to well I, I mean i also think that it's gorgeous and it has great sound design i didn't like the score as much as you did i did i found the score slightly annoying but i, I did it. like the, the the sound effects and everything the, the images themselves, yes, it looks beautiful, but at the same time, I mean, they should. 
2013. It should look pretty fucking great. It's still not that much better than 2001. Yeah, but I mean... Right. And that was how long ago? Yeah, but I mean, you can say that about any movie. I mean, going back to when we were talking about Malick, you could say that Badlands looks as good as Ain't Them Body Saints. You know, like... Yeah, but Ain't Them Body Saints wasn't written by an eight-year-old. <laughs> yeah, but st- still, regardless of who wrote it, I mean, Gravity looks good because it's got good cinematography, and it's right, got. And it's not. It's not the cinematography. Well, that it's special effects crew. Well, it's not the cinematography. I don't know about that. I think it's that the, the, oh, the, the wait, 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 like, no. Okay, I'll like, give them. Well, Avatar had to have a cinematographer, and that was a fully rendered environment. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's that's a good example. You you compare Gravity to Avatar, and Avatar doesn't look anywhere close to being as good as this cinematography wise camera work like i can't even remember the cinematography in avatar but oh, in yeah. this you remember you remember the camera shots you remember like this you know how it the camera kind of floats around and this this the sweeping long takes and that type of thing and that that all that's all cinematography and i i do agree that the special effects department play a huge Part. I mean, I would say almost on equal terms as the cinematographer, but I think that, yeah, it's both of them. So are it, what you're looking at here is the cinematographer avatar provide, well, both of them provide a canvas for the, spec, the special effects crew. I would say. Now, on avatar, they give them a non-primed canvas, and in gravity, it's a fully primed, almost like cloth canvas that they have a lot to work with. But in avatar... I'd, and I can give it to you that, that the cinematography is definitely there's some there's some good stuff there. Well, but again, the, most of it is the the special effects crew putting adding the touches afterwards that make it so great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but with Av- like with Avatar, I don't remember the cinematography in Avatar. I don't remember specific camera shots or specific things about that movie that made it look great. I remember the the visual effects, like I remember all that stuff, but to me when I talk about movies and I say man, cinematography was great, the kind of the basis for that is if after I'm done watching the movie and I'm like a day or more removed from it and I can remember specific things, like specific elements about that movie that like for instance, Children of Men, the ambush scene when they're in the car. Like that that is a scene that I will never forget because of the amazing cinematography. And I'm not, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it's better or even on the same level in gravity because it's not that good as, yeah. as good as that. But I think that it was still quite, quite good. And I mean, that's, that's really the big thing that everybody's talking about with this movie too. I just thought, I also have to say, cause touched on it earlier is i'm really glad that i didn't see uh children of men before this i would have been extremely disappointed if i saw children of men before i saw yeah that. i mean i i don't think there's any contest that children of men is better like i don't i don't know if there's many people that would say that gravity is better you you wouldn't say that gravity is better would you ernie nope yeah I, I don't think that there's many people that would say that but but for me, I'm so I wanted to watch Children of Men before going to see Gravity, and I didn't. And I'm kind of glad I didn't because I know if I went to see Children of Men right before Gravity, it probably would have been a a bigger letdown. 
Side note, the cinematographer for Avatar has a new movie out too. He did the cinematography for Runner Runner. Just a heads up as to where his career has gone. Actually, let's wow, that that movie looks awesome. Yeah, well, let's I mean, vis- visually stunning. Let's actually <laughs> let's Murray actually Fury. use that as a segue and let's let's talk about some predictions. Do you, do you guys want to add anything? Any f- closing thoughts about Gravity? Yeah, Roland Emmerich is pissed. <laughs> He's been wanting to make this film for fucking years, dude. Uh. Well, um, I, I, see it in IMAX 3D before the next IMAX 3D movie moves in. So. Yeah, that's that's what I say too. Yeah, yeah, I would def- I would agree with that. This you have to see this in theaters. Yeah. There's no other way to see this. Yeah, absolutely, guaranteed, guarantee you. I will see this movie again when it comes out on Blu-ray, and I won't like it as much. I can <laughs> I can almost guarantee yep. you that. Yes, but that's you know that's how these a lot of these movies work. Let's I talk. Let's talk about some predictions. So last week uh, we predicted gravity. I said <laughs> ninety three. You said eighty seven. Ernie, this is the actual is ninety eight. Uh, a little off. Yeah. It's still ninety eight is surprising. Yeah. I, you're telling me. <laughs> Kevin's just his so mind is blown. <laughs> I can't. I can't believe it. I seriously can't. I'm so surprised. Uh, we have runner runner. Uh, I said 40. <laughs> Ernie, you said 35. Actual 8. <laughs> this is funny. Because as soon as I said that about the cinematographer, I went to Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. and I just see 8% right off the bat. Oh, I love it. Uh, and then finally, we said ACOD. I said 62. You said 50. Actual 53. So I thought that that was getting a lot of positive buzz, but apparently not. Mm. I'm still kind of interested in seeing it. It looks pretty funny. Uh, next week, we have Captain Phillips. This is the one with Tom Hanks that we mentioned earlier. Uh, I, I guess I'm going to say like 87 on that. Kevin, what are you saying on mm. Captain Phillips? I'm going to say 79. And Ernie, what do you think about Captain Phillips? Uh, Kevin was too close to where I was going, so I'll go 82. <laughs> All right. I do that right a lot. On. And then we have Machete Kills. We'll start with you, Ernie. What do you think about Machete Kills? Mm, I'll go 60. Kevin, what are you thinking? Mm, machete Kills, I'm going to say like a 32. I think that it's going to be pretty bad as far as like critics. I'm gonna, so I'm gonna is, s- this, is this actually Robert Rodriguez? Re- like doing this one yeah he directed it and wrote it yeah okay so he is involved (laughs) i'm gonna say like 35 i I think that's all we have for (laughs) wide release there is that romeo and juliet remake or reboot or adaptation or whatever you want to call it i don't know if that's getting a wide release though so that that's coming out it's about time also in select cities we have all the boys love mandy lane (laughs) Holy shit! Yeah, we did keep, we we keep did we yeah we keep, did we happen to time travel? <laughs> we keep did talking we about travel? this one, but it it keeps coming back. Wow. Uh, so that's finally getting a theatrical release after eighteen years. Uh, and then wow. we have CBGB, yeah. which we talk, I heard that's quite good. Yeah, we talked about that a few weeks ago. And that's terrible. Haunt, which I don't know too much about. 
Escape from Tomorrow, which uh, we'll have a review for that up on the site by the time you listen to this. And Zero Charisma, which I definitely want to see this week. Mm. Yeah, I think that that looks pretty good. New on Video On Demand this week, we have Ghost Team 1. Have you seen anything about this one? No, I have not. It looks, uh, actually, from the trailer, it seems like it's kind of funny. It looks like a cross between Paranormal Activity and Project X. Okay, that's, that sounds terrible. <laughs> it's like a found footage, terrible horror movie that's like terrible. a comedy. Terrible. But the funny thing was, like, there were a couple little throwaway lines of dialogue in there that made me laugh. So, and and they're all in the trailer. Just a heads up. Probably, yeah. <laughs> just gonna, a heads up. I'm gonna give it a shot just for the hell of it. Uh, you, we also, yeah, I know you would. We also have forgetting the girl. This is a. This is a horror movie that we're actually going to be covering next week, and I think we might be getting an interview lined up with the director. And we also I have... I won't say anything, then. We also have Escape from Tomorrow. Well, it's not a found footage horror film, so there's it does that. Have, it does have Christopher Denton. Yeah. I enjoy him. And we also have Escape from Tomorrow, which I'm pretty excited about, and by the time you hear this, we'll probably have a review up for that on the site. And then finally... Uh, Casa, Casa Dega, I think that's how you say it, Casa. which is also also a horror film. Ooh. I guess we are we are getting into the Halloween yeah, months, yeah. so. And it, you knew that there was going to come a time where video on demand was going to be nothing but horror films. Yeah, just I'm like okay. six every week. I'm okay with that as long as they're not all found footage. Because well, I'm going to say like sixty percent, yes. I honestly don't know if I can handle any more found footage. DVD and Blu-ray releases. We have After Earth. I know you're excited about that one. Immensely. One that I'm excited for, and I am I am not ashamed of it, is the uh-huh. Chucky Collection. This is Ooh. all six ch- Child's Play films, including the newest one that actually comes out this Tuesday on DVD and Blu-ray. So they have okay. all of them, which is interesting because before... They weren't allowed to release a, a full collection because I think that the second two were different distributors or something, mm-hmm. different studios. So I guess they they worked something out where they can get them all together, which I'm very glad that to see that that's happening now in horror nice. collections. So all right. I'm actually somewhat excited for that. We also have Europa Report, which I recommend checking that one out. I think all you right. can see that on demand now yeah, as well. Yeah, I think so. I think that's actually play instant. If I oh, recall. really? I, if I recall. Well, then, yeah, definitely check that one out. I was I was pretty into that one. Hangover Part 3. Oh, we also interviewed the director, so check yes, that out, did. too. Hangover, Hangover Part 3, avoid like the play. <laughs> yeah, Hangover Part <laughs> 3 was uh, not too good. Extreme disappointment. So if you are waiting to see that, just <laughs> just let it go. Yeah, move on. And then we have Much Ado About Nothing, which is the the Joss Joss Whedon adaptation. I'm pretty. I I'm excited for this. I I missed it when it came into theaters and stuff, but I'm I'm actually pretty excited to see this. I like the I like the fact that it was one of these deals where he just calls up a bunch of his friends and says, "Hey, let's uh let's just do this in my backyard." And it yeah, was you want you want you want to bang out like a Shakespeare film <laughs> yeah. real quick, black and white, just real yeah. quick. And it's like literally, literally shot in his backyard. Yeah. I think I'll be checking it out. I can't uh, wait. We have The Purge, 
Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely skip that one. Mm-hmm. Big mm-hmm. disappointment. And finally, Resolution, which is actually one of my favorite horror movies of the year. If that, you wa- that if is you also wanna... playing instantly. Oh, is it? Right now. Yeah. Cool. Because I keep seeing it popping up on Netflix, and I love the cover for it. Yeah, it's a great cover. I, I highly recommend checking out Resolution. I think for yeah. mainstream audiences, they probably won't like it. But if you're really into horror movies, and if you're really a film person... You'll, I, I have to say to... that reading the synopsis, it seemed pretty interesting. Yeah, it's that's why I liked it, because it's it's different. I mean, it's yeah. not your typical horror movie at all. I mean, it doesn't even it doesn't even take a horror turn until near the end of the movie. So it's Ooh, I like when that happens. Yeah, yeah. It's basically I'm going to be checking that one out. Yeah, I mean it's basically about two friends, one who has a drug problem and the other friend decides to get him cleaned up by handcuffing him to a radiator <laughs> and leaving him in the woods in a cabin that, in the woods. It usually works. Yeah. Usually works. Uh one other film that uh, you forgot to mention, which I don't know how many people are excited for this, but Lawrence Anyways, which is a film that I'm immensely interested in by xavier dolan is coming out this week and then the only other one which would be a criterion is i married a witch from 1942 renee yeah, claire saw it. Saw renee claire yeah i've only seen one renee claire and that was his first data short which was i did enjoy i married a witch i might get around to it at some point in time who knows okay well, but other than that, I, it's a, that's a decent week. Nah, we're, so we're, we're starting to get back. You know, you we had a, how many weeks there where it was just nothing but shit every time we were talking about it? Yeah, it was really... Well, there was like that one week where it was almost nothing. Mm-hmm. It was like two things that came out we're, and it was all like really bad. Yeah, we're easing back into it now. We're easing back into the movies. All right, well, I think that that wraps it up for all the latest film news and reviews visit us at filmpulse.net send us an email at feedback to filmpulse.net follow us on twitter at filmpulse.net and be sure to rate us on itunes we appreciate that very much for filmpulse.net my name is adam and i'm kevin and this is ernie and we will see you on thursday for ryan watches a movie Dude, now that we're off the air and this isn't legit, you guys actually like Gravity? Yeah. Yes, I did. I I liked it a lot, actually. (laughs)